welcome to another episode of HR Nightmares. I haven't been in the studio for a while. I missed the last couple yeah. episodes, but they were excellent. So thank you for holding the fort down. Yeah, yeah I forgot welcome. all about that it was already. Um, yeah, so today is all about answering audience write-ins. We got a ton of audience write-ins and absolutely love that um, we've, we're adding listeners in all the states and all over the globe, and we're getting a lot of write-ins from states that we've never heard from folks. Yeah. Um, so that's all good. Yeah, we love the listener Q&A episode. So it's fun when it's just the three of us doing all the things people are curious about. Trying to answer appropriately with realistic advice. For those of you that are listening, this show is all about giving you realistic advice. Um, We think our advice is great, but you're not paying us to be your (laughs) HR consultant. So although we are (laughs) HR consultants, we're not your HR consultant, but we'd love to be your HR consultant. So give Leith HR Group a call. Follow us on all the socials. Make sure you're um, hitting subscribe on YouTube so you can get all the updates. Hopefully some of these questions recently rolled in because this episode is going to drop a couple days after we record. So it's going to be very timely for folks that just Submitted, whether it's on TikTok or through Instagram or through our website or also on YouTube. I think we've got questions from all of those platforms. So I want to thank everybody for taking the time to try to stump us. Yeah. You ready? Ready. I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Let's hit it. Um, let's start with this question that was written in from Atlanta, Georgia. This is this is pretty easy one. I think it's I think it's pretty interesting. A coworker blasted my new salary to the entire HR team, including me and our boss. I guess they're on the HR team. Oh, plus okay. two other coworkers not in HR. Should she be fired? This is a yes or no question, but I no. think there's more to this. <laughs> okay. No, no, she should okay, be fired. No. Yeah, no. No, it was, yeah, should she be coached about confidentiality and privacy? I mean, I guess we'd have to know a little bit more about, like, the positions and stuff that they're on. I mean, nobody should be talking about other people's salaries, really. But, like, according to Fair Labor Standards Act, employees can talk about salaries and compensation and frustrations and compensation. Now, is it appropriate to say somebody else's salary in front of people that are in HR, not in HR, no, no. regardless. No, it's, it's not. Is it something that so we should fire someone for? No, not unless it's a consistent well, problem. And the There's other, other issues. And the other thing is that there's becoming some legislation down the pike about transparency and pay, all yeah. of the information mm-hmm. about that. I'm struggling with this. It, it's, it is a pay hard transparency. thing. Yeah. Do you want to <laughs> divert topics? We yeah. get into pay no, transparency but I mean, seriously, though, but, but, Yeah. And a lot of bosses want to, I don't know, like when you get into clients, especially smaller clients, they're like, you need to tell everybody to stop talking about their pay. And it's like, well, you can't really do that. Um, You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. In fact, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, indirect violation. The law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this is private, but it's not, like, totally confidential. But, right. yes, they shouldn't put your salary on blast. Um, yeah, they definitely need to be coached. Let's talk about pay transparency just for a second, okay. though. So what are you guys doing um, with respect to pay transparency and job postings? I, I'm all about putting the, a salary range out there so that people can either, like, you know, take themselves out of the running or not apply for a job or know, oh, yeah, this is a great next step for me in my career. I can make a little bit more money, uh, do a little bit better for my family because it's paying more than what I make right now. But like, how do you set the range? Because there's some companies that are setting it like zero to a million dollars and like basically everyone's saying that's stupid. Yeah, it is stupid. Well, it defeats the whole purpose. It's them following a law because it became a law, but faking it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, sorry that California passed this. And now, you know, you've got to set this because you're a business that's based in California, but you can't just put zero to $500,000. That's not a pay range. So 
the whole point is to put the actual pay range in which you have set for that job within your company. And hopefully you have good practices around setting good pay ranges. But the whole point is to be transparent, which in that means being honest. Well, right? where it gets weird is when you've got somebody that's like really low or underwater on the range and then somebody who's getting paid above range. And now you've got a big wide range and your your current employees see the job posting and they're like, well, hold on a second. Like the high of the range is 90 grand. Well, I'm making 60. Why aren't I making 90? You're going to pay somebody that doesn't know anything about our company $90,000. And I'm like, I might. Yeah. Yeah, I might. It's hard. So I work. <laughs> so you know how I'm working with a lot of small, small businesses, and we had a real problem. There was um, a job posting. It was for an hourly employee um, position, and oh, it caused so much problems because we didn't do a good job, or we, the royal we, we didn't do a good job about changing everyone's salary, or uh, I'm sorry, rate of pay prior to posting that ad. Mm -hmm. So we had about six people that were lower than the minimum that mm. we were looking for. Oh, that's yeah. a problem. No, that's a big problem. That's a huge problem. And so it's like, before I think you post anything, I think you need to really take a look at your, your census and make sure that everyone is being paid at least the minimum of what you're yeah. offering right. the new position for. Again, for sure. it's like <clears throat> if you're going to go through the compensation benchmarking practices and analysis you need to, the second part of that is to actually get people into the right ranges. And that may take a couple of years yeah. based on your budget, based on what's going on in the business. And that's realistic. But unfortunately, North Carolina, which is where we live, is not a state yet who has full tra pay transparency, but it's coming. It's yeah. going to continue to come. And I think the businesses, especially that we work with here, are not quite ready for it for that reason. We have a lot of managers that aren't comfortable having compensation conversations. So there's a range for a reason. And yes, you may earn $60,000 and we may pay someone new $90,000. let us talk about why. And we have to have some good reasons as to why too. It can't just be because, well, the market for talent is higher than the internal talent. That's not a reason. The reason is about experience, where people are placed in the range, what they're bringing to the job, what the budget is for the job. But we, have a, we see a lot of people that are very uncomfortable having those conversations, which is why they're having trouble navigating pay transparency laws. What's pretty interesting, too, is like, well, that's not I, a lot of managers want to say, well, that doesn't feel right. That's not what I pay for a, you know, support specialist or whatever. And it's like, well, it doesn't matter what you feel like is the right range right. to pay. The it's what the market is telling us. Yeah. And, and it's, it's data-driven. Yeah, I mean, it's data-driven. So like, opinion. sorry. It's not an opinion. If you want to put your head in the sand and just pretend like markets and benchmarks and other right, companies aren't right. hiring the same type of person for more money, then go ahead and do that, but you're going to lose these people. Or it's not what you were making when you had that job 15 years ago. Right. The job is different now the range has increased. So I see a lot of that sometimes is leaders have a hard time wrapping their head around the salary because they had that same exact job that they're the leader of now a decade ago or two decades ago. And you're like, well, unfortunately the market has gone up. Yeah, like, that was 95. Yes. So I see that a lot too. They have a hard time like wrapping their head around pay. I have to say for the recruiting piece of our work, I like the, I like the ranges posted because yeah. I think a lot of yeah. people you know, especially maybe going into the nonprofit sector, they're like, oh, we're going to, I'm going to make this much money because this is exactly what I want to do. And then you post the range and they're like, oh, yeah. Well, is there any wiggle room? And you're like, not really. Yeah, <laughs> not really. Well, yeah. 
it saves a lot of time because it's one of the first things I go over in just like an introductory phone screen type of call. Because if we're way off on the pay and there is no room it to change, time. let's not waste yeah. the candidate's time and let's let them go look for something else. So it would be really helpful just to put it out there and put an honest range. Even if you tighten it up a little bit or you just kind of start, maybe you don't go to the highest, but... It needs to be fairly close to like what the actual range is. I want to be controversial just for a second. So I hate posting. So for reasons I like posting is because it detracts the wrong people, attracts the right people. But like I hate posting it because most candidates think they're they're like over like self-worth. They have too much self-worth. They're overinflated and they want to go automatically to the high end of the range. Okay, well, you're 22. You just graduated. You don't get the high end of the range for this role. So a range, people always go to the high end. So like, yeah, everyone wants to get paid more. That doesn't mean we're going to do that. So let's say like North Carolina moves to a pay transparency. What are the repercussions if I don't follow that? What if I just don't want to do it? And whatever, the risk is low. And like, what am I, what am I going to get? There's a lot of legal fines on the states that have it already. Is there? Yeah. So how bad? Like a hundred bucks or like a thousand I forget what the company was. (laughs) You're like, I'll take a hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean, like it's a parking ticket. Lisa, that's not the right thing I'm to not, do. I'm not advocating that um, people don't follow the rules, but no, there are fines there's associated with it. Was it like, Twitter? Or who was it that said they weren't going to do it? And they post all those fake ranges. Well, who was the company? I don't know. I'm Listener, sure it was write Twitter. In. <laughs> Listener, write in. It was like LinkedIn, or I don't know. It was someone. Wouldn't it be crazy if it was LinkedIn? Yes, that, was that like would be I don't remember who it was. Um, that did all of the fake ranges, and yeah, they. I mean, the fine was hefty. Okay. It was, it was hefty. I'm with you on one thing. I think that every single person ever that I've ever interviewed always wants the highest point of, course, of the range. Why wouldn't you? But the other thing is, is then you're also kind of starting off this relationship kind of in the negative, like, oh, we don't value at the high end. We yeah. value in like, if it's an 80, $80,000 high end and we're going to pay you 72, they're like, mm, why yeah. didn't I get that? So you're all, you're starting off the foot. Yeah. Psychologically, really, it feels yeah. like you think I kind of suck. Exactly. And so I want, I, I like your idea because I, I don't know. Yeah. You want to start off on not posting the ranges? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't agree Which with idea, that. Which idea, No, no, no. I don't agree with that. No, Lisa, I don't agree with that. No, but I just, I do think it's, it's interesting because I don't want to start off an employee on the wrong foot thinking that they, we don't value them or well, they're not going to get the high end. I think that what we have to do though, is start off on the right foot of the fact that we make business decisions and we have to be able to talk about why we made the decision to place them where we did. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what we have to start off is by saying like, here's how we go through, here's our compensation philosophy. Here's how we mapped you into the range um, and kind of go through what that process looks like and say, you know, at the end of the day, compensation, while it's very personal to the individual, it is a business decision. And we have to make a good decision based on the other people that are in there from an equity standpoint, right? And to think you're ever going to get the max of the range, no, No. that's not realistic. You have to have room to grow within that range. You're going to take that job and probably be in that job for a handful of years. So if you want an incremental pay increase each year, we have to have room for you to grow within that pay range. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We went through a whole, like in my company that I worked at for years, we went through a whole like pay. We changed the whole like leveling of how we did things and went through a whole like pay transparency and all these different things. And they were tough conversations when we got real honest with people of what the ranges were. And most of us knew kind of the bands and the ranges became wider. The bands were smaller, the ranges came wider, but yeah, we had to have honest conversations be like, listen, 
you've been in this job two years, but the people in these jobs, some of them have been in it 10 years. They've far, yeah, they're at the top end of the range right. where you're at the middle, right? Well, and that's something important too. I, I do do that with some of my smaller companies is we put together kind of a sheet of very data-driven, again, mm -hmm. ideas of like, okay, where does the education attainment fall? Where does the number of years of experience, does supervisory or budgetary right. factors in? And then you can kind of I, I feel more comfortable because then you actually have a piece of paper. There's it's a matrix not just, on how to get right. It wasn't like a gut, like, yeah, like ooh, ooh, I'm going to pay you this. You went to this college and I love that college. So, bing, you get this, you know. Right, it, right. I mean, it wasn't it subjective. If you right, went to Penn State, you get a higher salary. <laughs> Wittenberg all the way. <laughs> um, if you need help uh, figuring out what each unique role in your organization is worth and what those ranges should be, Lethe HR Group is a great company to call to get that work done. You don't need to be wasting your time doing that. Um, all right, let's get, let's, uh, tackle this first question from Utah. So this isn't exactly an HR problem. It's more of a problem with HR. Oh, my Johnson's. HR administrator is also my supervisor. She has cussed at me. It's not like cussing with me. I like to cuss with people and has been saying <laughs> bad things about me behind my back to other coworkers. Okay, that's not good. I've not said anything bad about her or done anything to make her dislike me. I've always done what the company has asked with no complaints. Other coworkers have expressed that she is a bully. I have thought about reporting her to the owner of the company or the CEO, but I am afraid this will cause more problems. Thanks for reading and I look forward to your feedback. Well, hello, Utah. That's our first Utah call. Yeah, Utah. Know nothing about the state or the Utah? laws of anything. So I'm glad this wasn't a compliance <laughs> I question. I mean, come on. Like, do we know what the slogan for Utah is? Like, I love. Um, I think it's a skier going like this. Is it? My favorite's New Hampshire. It's like live free or die. But I'm telling you what. Utah. That's awful. That, and it's funny. Sometimes you, you have a higher expectation, at least I do, for our profession, that you're not going to be talking about your employees behind their backs. You're in HR. Like, yeah. step it up. Right. So for that regard, I would, I, I kind of looked at this question beforehand and you never want to say, just maybe put your resume out there and try to get another job. But I would, because who really would want to work for somebody like that? And I, I probably, I don't know. Do you know what Utah's slogan is? What? Industry. That's why your HR person sucks. Industry. That's literally their slogan. That is like. <laughs> that explains literally everything. That's why. You live in Utah and the slogan is sucks. industry. It should be ski. <laughs> yes. I thought it would have be something to do with being more men, but no. Like, no. like loving like God's country or something yeah, like that. I don't no. Know. Okay. Industry. Well, Sidebar. Um, yeah. I mean, feel if your boss was talking behind your back, I would not feel great. First of all, I would, I would leave. I would, yeah, I'd be packing up. I'd be like, at first, I'd be like, we need to have a serious conversation yeah. because I'm thinking about leaving because word on the street is that. Right. You, you don't like me and you're you, talking about me. You're talking my about me and that's completely inappropriate and unprofessional. And if it doesn't, like, tell me, tell me a little bit of your perspective. And like, if that person set, denies it or says, oh, well, there could have been something that was misconstrued. It's like, get out of there. You don't yeah. need to deal with that. No. Yeah. I mean, I, you know. I think it's hard. These questions are always so one-sided and it's like, okay, we we're making the, the assumption yeah. that this is a great employee and we're believing that this employee has not done anything or said anything, right? Even and if again, they have, these are like, they shouldn't be talking about them behind their back. Word on the street, word yeah. on the street, right? And it's like, okay, well, it's hard because we've been doing this a long time and I think all of us have the confidence to go and confront someone directly when that's happening. Yeah. So I'm putting myself in the shoes of like, 
the HR coordinator or whatever this person's role is that they're reporting to an HR advisor or business partner. So they probably don't have that, you know, confidence in the, their professional acumen and being able to go in and like really say this without fear of retaliation or something. But yeah, I believe that you got to go in and actually say, I, you know, there's a time to stand up for yourself and go in and say, hey, I hear this. Is this true? Right. I and mean, if you're bottling it up enough to write into HR nightmares, right. it's time to have that conversation. Yeah, have the conversation. And yeah, if if that's if that's a person you would report a concern like that to, but you can't because it's her, then who's above her or him or whatever? And go and express your concern. So even if you do end up leaving this organization because you can't work for that individual, like this is a learning experience. This is time for you to actually go and say, I'm going to have the tough conversation, even though I'm uncomfortable, even though I fear retaliation, and I'm going to do it anyways, because other people also feel like this individual is a bully. So now here's okay. On the flip side. Now you said we always like take it one sided and we think this person's a great employer or whatever. As an HR administrator or head of HR or HR manager, like it's our job to talk about people. We literally have to talk about who's good, who's not doing a great job. Do they have personal things going on in their life? How do we help them? How do we get them performing back to standard? And I don't know if some of this I'm talking about people stuff has to do with this person's performance or assessment on their skills, competencies, behaviors, professionalism. So like, we don't know if maybe another manager or confidant of that HR person is like not being professional themselves and leaking information that is legitimately something HR needs to be concerned with. So I know I was taking it more as just gossiping. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But I see that. That's how it read, certainly. But I mean, I think I've probably had those moments where employees felt like I was talking about them. And I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm talking to your manager. Now, I'm not going around talking to your peers about you, right? right? But I am talking to your manager about you. I'm advising the person that I'm a business partner of about your performance. Like, and you may take that very personally and negatively that we're, you know, bullying you, but that's not the case. We're really talking about your lack of performance right. here. So that could sometimes be. like these ones are a little bit hard for me because I like to have good belief that's like, okay, is that the situation? Because I, I just hear so much go straight to like toxic workplace and bullying and all these, a lot of people I've heard a couple of people that I know personally say like, my new boss is toxic. And I'm like, well, I don't think she confronted you about this just out of nowhere. So something must have happened (laughs) or occurred. You just were like doing a great job and never said anything. And all of a sudden she comes to you and says, I hear you're talking smack about me and my new job. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I find that hard to believe. So I always do. I feel because I think I was, I can just imagine my first job when I was just newly out of college with my first job. And it was hard. It is hard for some people, I think you guys are much different from me, but I think it is hard for some people to have those big confrontations with someone that they esteem or in a different position, higher yeah. position. Let's say you're you know, out of college for a year and your boss has been there for a number of years. She's our age. I think that there would be some intimidation, natural intimidation. So yeah, I think you have to 
bolster yourself up and, and do it. Yeah. You know, it's not to say, yeah, it's going to be difficult. It's, it's difficult. it's difficult and you're going to feel awkward, but it's going to be really a great learning experience. Exactly. A mature way to maybe approach it with the person would be to schedule some time with them and then go into their office and say, hey, it's come to my attention that you have some feedback for me. And I just wanted right. to, you know, open myself up for you to give me that feedback directly versus having it come through somebody else. So that might be a good I, way. I, I, I love so that too. idea. That's like less like... You talk You're talking about me. About me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see. <laughs> Instagram. I love how Gabby tells us like where these come from. It's very fun. Hi. Love all your videos. Oh, thanks. Um, and helpful tips. I'm also working in HR and I've been in the industry for six years. I have been at my current job for seven months now as a generalist. My coworker went on leave about six weeks ago. I've been doing the workload of two people and have been thinking of asking for a raise. I have no prior experience as a generalist. Do you think it's appropriate to ask for a raise? Any tips or wording I could utilize when asking? I feel like we've answered we've this answered sort of this question in so many before. Ways. How many? How many? Seven how months in the job, and she's covering for someone on maternity leave. For how many months has she been covering? Well, it I just mean, said six it's weeks. maternity leave, six so weeks, I would assume no. it's a twelve-week. Yeah. You're not going to ask for an but now. I'm like, oh, little... this one's so hard. And you're right. I feel like we've answered this question in like different ways and have had this kind of question before of like, I'm taking on more of the company downsize. Now I have to do two more, two job, the job of one. But I'm like, well, are you working the same amount of hours? Are you working more hours? So maybe you just have to reprioritize and do different things within your day. But it's hard for me to believe like, unless you can tell me you went from 40 hours a week to now you have to work 70 hours a week to keep up. And it would warrant yeah. a pay increase. And it's probably just a change of responsibilities and priorities. Yeah. I think you need to flip the script and just say, wow, I was awarded this awesome opportunity to shine. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't get that opportunity. You're just like muddling through your day every single day and you don't get this opportunity to take over, get more responsibilities, even on a yeah. short-term maternity leave. And so use it to your advantage. Shine. Really yeah. shine. You're learning something that this yeah. other person does. I oh. feel like we like that. If you could go back to the episode where we've answered a similar, it is like the what are we I saying think the we're exact same words? Yeah, we're consistent about our advice. I believe we said, <laughs> yeah, like shift Shine. the perspective, man. It's a short term thing. Yeah. Like I like the idea of like, attitude about it. From a management perspective, watching someone step up do a little extra, give me a little discretionary effort on a short-term special project, I'm going to come through with a cash bonus for you at the end of the yes. day. I agree. I mean, I will say, like, we used to, if that was happening and we were down a manager, somebody had to do more, we would give them a little kicker yeah. for the interim. Yeah, certainly. Send them on vacation, pay that, for their vacation. But or, we don't know. I mean, this yeah. is a small company. Can I they just, do that? Like, maybe they were able to take on the extra work because- yeah. They had some bandwidth. They had bandwidth. Anyway. I um, yeah. just this week sat in a meeting, closed doors, talking about people behind their backs. Okay. <laughs> Succession planning. Succession planning. But it was so great because the same kind of thing. The business has kind of gone through some big, big, tumultuous changes. And so we really took a look at every single person that, that worked there. And we kind of went through it. It's like, who's really stepped <clears> up? <throat> who's added more to their plate? Who is really like positive and helpful? And guess what? All of those people will be getting a raise. Yeah. Doot, doot. Yeah. Yep. And so we just literally went through that whole list today. And I don't think it was, I think it's better when it's coming from, hey, I can see that you're doing a great job and you're really making value yeah. for the company as opposed to saying, I've worked for an extra three months and I would like to have a raise. Yeah. Let them, let your yeah. work show for you. 
You know, your clients that all listen to this podcast, some some employees out there are really excited and they're probably not the ones getting the raise. This is a <laughs> client in Afghanistan. No, like, <laughs> they're like, is it me that she's talking about? Am I getting a raise? Sometimes people think their bosses know all the extra stuff that they do and they are working really hard and they do feel like it's going unnoticed. And you have an obligation to... Um, manage up. And so if you want to get that raise and you have ambitions, you want to get promoted, then guess what? Every Friday, put a calendar reminder on your calendar at 3 p.m. on Friday afternoon. You pop out a summary email of all the stuff that you did this week. And why don't you let your boss know what you're up to and doing all the stuff that's outside your job description. And if you work for a great company with a good people manager, they're probably going to recognize after you're giving regular updates, like how great you are, and they're going to reward you and take care of you. Yeah. But so. some advice to this writer. You can always ask. Yeah. The worst that can happen is they say no. Right. So I would say if you feel it's warranted ask. and you really are taking on all of that additional responsibility, say, hey, can I get Come some extra pay for this 12 facts. week period? Come with facts. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. all that can happen is they say no. Yeah. Good. All right. Thank you. All right, let's see. Um, should I stay or should I go? If you're considering it, you should probably go. go. Just go. <laughs> There's a lot of jobs we out don't there. Even have to read There's the millions of go. jobs out go. there. Just go. go. But find one first. I have, this is from TikTok. I've been with my current employer for eight years, which is a long time. In the eight years I have been with my company, I've had three bosses. That's really not bad. First two bosses, great, awesome, open to feedback and suggestions. Current one tends to shut me off, will not listen to my ideas, gaslights me. And is dismissive at times. I've had three conversations with him to address my concerns. How do you know as an HR leader when it's time to go due to your boss setting you up to fail? Oh, this is an HR leader. That's tough. Well, I mean, I, I think that, again, if you took the time to listen to this podcast and try to get advice, and then you wrote into us and asked this question or waiting for us to respond... My guess is you already probably know the answer that it might be your time to go. Eight years is a long time with the company. And I think you got to look at the big picture, right? Is this company you see your future with? Do you see longevity there? Can you work through this? And if the answer is no, then it's time to start looking because there are a lot of great roles out there. So it might be time for you to say, what could I be doing next? Where, what position would I be in that I would be happier? It's really important for me to look for a boss that's a mentor to me and can be a great leader. And if I don't have that here and I'm not happy, well, it, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of places out there that you can go and be happy. So I always think it's love, a good time to make a change then. And I like that eight year kind of mark to reassess where you are because yeah. it takes maybe two years to kind of get up to speed, maybe shorter, and then a couple of years to really just do great work and then I think at eight years, you're maybe ready for a new challenge. Yeah. You've tried some strategic things and mm -hmm. like initiated some good programs. Yeah. Eight years, you're, then you don't want to get pigeonholed into that company and people look at your resume and think. That's all you've That's done. all you do. That's all yeah. you know. Um, so, I say go. Go. If you had to vote, I say what do you what say? you feel is right thing for Two you. Two against one, you should go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, go and tell people to quit their jobs. Really? We said no, you we don't do have to take time. our advice. We do all the free time. advice. Yeah. You're watching this podcast. I mean, I said go at like the beginning. So eating can of beans or like they gave me this advice and now I'm unemployed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, hey, with the next uh, little bit of the episode, let's shift gears to um, 
Beth had some really great topics that she wanted to talk about. So Beth came so prepared Beth, for the pod well, girl, today. You have some good you. ideas, and we're yeah, going to talk yeah, about it. We want to well, give her full credit quote. for her preparation after <laughs> her two-week really, hiatus vacation in Europe. That's what I wanted to talk about. Oh, vacation. Okay. vacation. I just got back from vacation. to The Black Forest where the ham and cakes are. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you. So I have not <laughs> taken a long vacation in a long time, and I was kind of nervous about it. In We've all two weeks. Just about two weeks. Okay, and it ma- it honestly made me nervous because I felt like, oh gosh, there's going to be so many things that drop through the wayside, and I knew when I got back there was going to be a big, big pile. But I have to say, I have this question from a lot of my friends too. They want to take these long vacations, yeah, or even a week vacation, um, and not long. You should take a week, away. but they're just like, that. I don't feel like I can. I don't feel like I can. And I think that we as leaders need to really enforce the fact that when you take vacation. You're on vacation and stop bothering me when I'm on vacation. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. think when I hear people say, I can't use my, I never can use my PTO or I can't be off a week without everyone calling me. I hate to say it, but I'm like, well, that's on you. Uh, that's that's on a you, you problem. That's a you that problem. Is, yeah, you need and to I, be able to I delegate. Get it. There may be really, really tough leaders out there that are constantly bothering you while you're on vacation, but you have to be comfortable drawing those boundaries. And being able to say, don't call me. My team is here. You know, here's the things I did to prepare. Now you've got to prepare. If you're taking two weeks off and you're the only one, there's some things that you got to have in place before you go. And you got to over communicate that you'll be gone. I agree with that. But at the end of the day, the the people that are like, the business is going to crumble if I'm not here. I'm like, that's really, I've never seen that happen before. Here's a pin and I'm going to boop. Right, right. (laughs) You know, you're not a surgeon. No one's gonna unless you're a surgeon. No, but but, I mean, I've been through a company where the CEO died unexpectedly, and we still opened Mm -hmm. for business that day. Right? You know, a twenty billion dollar company, we couldn't crumble. You know, like there was a lot of people there. You know, to continue driving that business forward. So I don't know. I just have a hard time with people. I'm like, that's on you. You think you're like, you're probably a giver helper as you're you're an Enneagram too, who thinks that everyone relies on you and only you. And you're the only one that can do these things. And if you're not there, it's oh my gosh. I remember when I first had my first job and I was a manager of the department when I was so young, 23. And I remember going on vacation with my parents, you know, and my dad was a big (laughs) high executive guy. And I was like, oh dad, I can't go out right now to play golf. I've got to, you know, get on the phone call. And he said, and it was so oh humbling because he's like, you know what? If you're a good leader, you won't have to you mm-hmm. won't have to take the phone calls. And I've always remembered that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was like, oh. Because I really looked up to him and I thought he was great. So that's one thing is being I think I think the managers and people really I would like for people to listen to this to know that they need to respect people's time off. Yeah. And also what about calling people in the evenings or on weekends? What do you guys think about that? leaders to do depends that depends what your role is you know like if you're the if you're on the c-suite and you got I yeah mean, you're gonna have to take those calls you're getting paid the big bucks. it's annoying right but, but if but, we all made a commitment and an agreement yeah and boundaries. the only time it was happening was like those nine one one really you know maybe right. you're a customer you know facing type business and it was a real like something big happened and it was necessary but more than often, I find that a lot of those calls are happening. I'm like, this could have waited till this could have waited, waited till call tomorrow. me Monday. This could have waited. Wait this yeah. could have waited. Even the co- I remember even getting those calls on Sunday nights about customer things. I'm like, this is a Monday thing. I will be there 
tomorrow morning at 7.30 a.m. Like, you yeah. couldn't have waited. You now ruin my entire weekend because I have to listen to this yeah. on a Sunday at 6 p.m. There's nothing Respect I can do. Respect the boundaries. I'm not calling this customer on a Sunday night, like, no. from home. So the customer will fix that problem tomorrow. There's nothing I can do. Also, if you can't take an extended vacation, you have the wrong team working for you. Yeah. So I did the same thing. We took a two-week vacation. And, you know, the best positive focus when I came back, I said to the executive leadership team at Vanica, I was like, you know what the best thing was? I didn't worry about a thing because they had it. And yeah. even if shit was burning to the ground, they could handle it. Yeah. They didn't need me there. People. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I took a two-week. I mean, the first time ever I took a two-week vacation was in the last year that I worked for that company. And, like, yeah, before it seemed like two weeks. It was just where I was going. You had to kind of go for two weeks. And don't you know, I started preparing them for that two weeks, like, yeah. four months ahead of time. And you exactly. remind them every week in the team. Hey, just a reminder, I'm leaving I'm for— leaving. And you know right. what? Everything was fine when <clears throat> yeah. I got back. I had a great team. I checked my email— I think I didn't check my email until I landed in like the Seoul airport because I had a nine hour layover. And I'm like, well, now's a great time to catch up on the last two weeks of email on my way back. I was nervous to open it up because I did open it. I got back on Monday. I was like, oh, Lord, here we go. I opened it up. I'm like, oh, it's going to be bad. And it wasn't that bad. The whole point of us doing this is so that we can go do that. (laughs) I know. I know. Yeah, that's that's the good part about consulting. I was like, I... Do not feel that way. I mean, yeah. I love my clients. If you're all listening, I love you. And I'll check email a lot, but not But that's when I'm the good part overs- about being Not when I'm you in can... the black forest and yeah. I'm not checking email no. or, or responding. Here to was no. something really interesting. So, I, you know, you meet people internationally when you're on these trips. And it was so cool to listen to how other cultures have vacation and yes. have breaks. Oh, yeah. All of August in Europe, is yeah. they're off. They're off. Yes. Everyone's off. Well, when I I went to Indonesia (laughs) for two weeks, I was with like half Americans and half like Europeans, three people from Germany and Slovakia and Switzerland, I think, and one from England, I think. Um, And all the Americans were like. Oh my God, we took all this time off work. I hope everyone's okay. The people from Germany were like, oh, I'm on a six month paid sabbatical. I work for <laughs> Amazon in Germany. I'm like, what? Like what? Freaking or they're Amazon. like, I'm on my, this is just my first leg of a six week trip. This two weeks is just my first leg. I have Every two more legs. Single person Every single that one I was like, you Americans are yeah, really You got crazy. it wrong. You got to like, it's yeah. Funny. I love vacation. Two-week vacations are where it's at. I've never done that before until this year. I'm it's like, really I'm great. 40. We're doing this. So yeah, I want to do it again. I'm ready back. for my next Yeah, one. I know. It gets you excited. It was fun. And, it, and you get refreshed. Yeah. Get really you get to like yeah, actually travel halfway around the world. Yeah, I took one last year for two weeks. And again, like everyone was fine. Yeah. They don't Nothing. need me that bad. No. <clears throat> yeah. Let's talk about um, AI and HR recruiting. Do we like it? I oh, love this it. was one I of the best topics. It. I don't know anything about I this. love it. I pay for the paid chat GPT. I also use this beta version of the thing called Asterix. Um, I use it every day. In what capacity? Um, okay, so let me talk about what, how I used it this morning. So um, I have to pump out a press release, and I put in the guy's uh, resume mm. and asked chat GPT to summarize it at eighth grade level um, in 300 words or less. And then I said, now turn this summary into a press release um, and include 
uh, information about the, about our company. And I copied and pasted from like my job postings mm-hmm. when I put in the job. I was like, 85% of this press release was done. Done. And all you got to do is like, well, that's a little weird. That's not really what we do. It kind of changed some of the words. And then you take, you could take what chat GPT picks up for you. Throw it in asterisk, which is basically makes you look. It's another free. You could get this for free. You could get chat GPT for free, too. But if you pay for it, you always get in. Where yeah. sometimes when it's heavily used, you can't get in. Right. Um, if you don't pay. But like asterisk is free. A-S-T-E-R-I-X. I'm going to regret telling everybody about this because I won't be able to get in. Um, <laughs> but you copy and paste what you did in chat GPT. Throw it in asterisk. And it will take what you wrote. And you can condense it, expand it bulletize it, take bullets and expand it into an essay. You can uh, put a filter on what you've written. So like, even if I wrote it, I could be like, oh, that sounds a little casual. I need to sound more formal. Yeah. And you can put a, like a professional filter on it. You can put a confident filter on it. You can put a casual filter on it. You can put a friendly filter on it. Um, and I need to check that no out. I've never heard of that. Kidding. It's like, oh, that does sound very friendly. <laughs> That's not how it sounded at all when I wrote it. So, um, I, uh, it's awesome. I have some leaders that could use the friendly filter. Tell them about this friendly filter. Everyone go check the friendly filter out. <laughs> um, but it's, it really makes, it cuts your job in half. It's just a force multiplier, right? I don't think, you know, we have to be worried about, okay, everyone's going to go out to chat GPT and be able to be like a fake HR person and keep you out of trouble um, or give you good advice no, on what I think to do with employee really relations. Helpful. But it's helpful. What a time waster for you is the chief people officer sit there and write a press release, right? And that's, that's time intensive to write 300 words, go back, edit it, make it sound good, make sure everything's like spelled correctly. That's, it's where a, we should excellent. be using it's totally AI. force multiplier. Yes. Um, what's and also especially cool. so many people have um, departments of one, right? Yeah. So it's like you should be using ChatGPT. Yeah. And all the other things like go. Uh, the other thing that I like is Loom. Um, mm, so yeah. you can get fifty Loom videos a month for free. I think that's true. Don't quote me on it. You have to go to their website. Um, but it's basically make put your head in a little like bubble right. at the bottom while you present and you're talking and you can record it, so you don't have to like always do the same trainings over and over and over. You do it once, you record it. They see your face as you're flipping through the, it's just like, it looks really nice. And yeah. it's good for like content libraries. If you're trying to put out, you know, rather than, yeah, I don't like, like reading SOPs. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nice well, for that. Well, it makes them like really short videos too. So you just, you know, it's like a good, easy resource to send people to as well when they're like those common topics. Yeah. Sometimes even like asking it, it's almost like a little bit, better than Google because you can ask it, um, hey, help me write a workshop around um, sales, like write a sales training workshop and it'll spit out like a little outline. Write a sales training workshop for a construction company. Okay, write a sales training workshop for construction project managers. And it'll give you iterations of it. You could say regenerate response. But as you give it prompts, you start to train yourself on how to ask it better prompts to mm-hmm. give you what you need. Um, hey, write me a, okay, I, I got a project manager and construction sales workshop or whatever. And uh, write me three role play scenarios where they're handling uh tough clients who don't want to pay their bill and it will like uh one person play employee one place person play uh i love this i didn't even know about it hell yeah yeah it's pretty good chat gpt 
That's oh, chat. I'm back to chat That's GPT. Chat. Okay. Yeah. Chat GPT is where it's at. Again. Room is like the record. It's, it's another record. recording gotcha. like device where you can make videos. I'll tell you videos. something else super cool. So I've used this. Um, you can record your voice. Okay. And I'll have to look up what this is called, but you could just go out there and AI voice recorder. So you record about three to five minutes. The more you record, the better. And you record your voice. And then basically, and you try to do like intonation, your normal pitch and how you would talk if you were to be presenting. And then you can literally take your voice recording and type in anything and it will do a voiceover for you. It's basically like recording the words and taking like are the words that we used in between, and, right? it, and, and then you don't have to worry yeah. about saying um, like, pausing, screwing your words up. You just take your own voice, type it all out perfectly in a script, and then it kicks out a voiceover, and you just throw that over your presentation. Nice, I'm into it. I love it. I'm into yeah. it. Yeah, so I think AI, I think that's great. Yeah. I mean AI. I mean, as far as recruiting, I mean, when I think of AI and recruiting, I do think of like a lot of the different assessments and some of the behavioral stuff that's being like being done some of the matching like that's kind of how I think of it in recruiting but I don't do a lot of that part of recruiting so I don't that's why I said AI and recruiting I don't really know I have a certain opinion about all of those different things and whether that really gives you a better candidate or not I don't know I'm not sure I like it from a recruiter's standpoint you can copy and paste a resume like if you got to give executive summaries to like your 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 clients or whatever um you copy and paste a resume into chat gpt and you say summarize this in 200 words or less at an eighth grade reading level yeah, which is I, what Congress what I mean. like, they I need like all their de- they need all their briefings written right. at like seventh grade level. So like, but your clients in terms definitely of like need tenth or seventh grade. I think that sometimes I like to just I, I don't know. I like to read the resumes. Not, I mean, if I have time, I like to read the resumes because I might yeah. see things that I'm like, oh, this could be a good. Well, match. and that's what differentiates yeah. Meet the HR group when we do your recruiting is like we're not a kid right out of college that's just using AI to do the matchmaking. But mm-hmm. you can tell when somebody's written their resume on Chat GPT. Write me a project management resume, and they put in a couple of bullets. And there will always be those weird brackets around pieces in their resume. That's how you know they got a robot to write yeah. their resume. Yeah. Boop. Which I mean, you know, Boop. again, if it's if that's not your skill and you can't afford to go out there and have someone write your resume for you, it's a really good option. But you need to go back and tweak it and humanize it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. you should read it before <laughs> right, you send right. it. Right. It's like that's where we see it in recruiting, where it's like, okay, we're all about using this. We want to use it to, you know, be efficient yeah. and help us do different things. We have more bandwidth for other more important things. Um, it's but so yeah, though. you got to go back and like put the human component behind it a little bit because we're hiring the person, not yeah. a robot. So, so I just had one that made me laugh so hard because the person must have had that kind of, you know, AI generated resume and it was for a GIS position. And so we brought him in because his resume was... What is a GIS position? Amazing. It's um mapping. It's, okay. it's kind of like a mapping position. And so he was like, yeah, I really love working with GIS. And I was like, mm, uh, you don't know what GIS is because it's never called just. Yeah, no. So we're like, out the door. Yeah. But so See, that's, that's kind of a it funny thing. It can make yeah. it kind of muddy but the resume the waters was so a little great. bit. I'm like, this is our winner, winner. Wow. That's so. hard. That's a hard skill set to fake. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. And especially when you don't that's know. That's like saying I'm a lawyer, speak. but then like not really and, being a lawyer no, and yeah. then going in. And, or weird. just saying like a common word incorrectly. You're like, right. 
you are a bozo. We don't want you. My six-year-old calls Pepsi Pepsi. So it's kind of like that. Pepsi. Jis. But he was so, I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but he was so Did you like, end it right there? You were like, that's not how you say it, you have to go. Just, we looked at each other and we're like, mm. and then we just wrapped it up okay. really fast. Okay, I'm sorry about that. You're going to have to go. That's not what, that's not what you call it. I really love working in Jess. Mm-mm. Mm. <laughs> um, let's talk real quickly. This will be our last one. Um, this is super relevant. It's popping up left and right. Uh, trends of companies reducing office space to lower overhead. Are they missing opportunities for in-person connections and collaboration? And conversely, um, return to work uh, policies. So um, it's just interesting. I think it's I think it's funny is actually the opposite. I mean, Amazon just told their entire remote workforce. Well, I don't know if it's entire. Don't quote me, Amazon, or come after me on this one. But I know people who just lost their jobs this week. So they basically said no more remote, everybody in back. office. So, you know, a lot of companies are I have like an opinion about that. reverting back, you know, so I don't know if like all the companies are really downsizing in office space. I think it's, it, it's happening in both sides. Some are downsizing office space, making people more remote. Yeah. They're going to struggle to figure out if they can figure out how to do it. It can be done. There's a lot of companies that prove that they can have a great workplace culture in a remote environment. For sure. There's a lot of companies that can't figure out how to do it, right? So it's a really hard one to answer because we're seeing the ones that tried it revert back. And now we're seeing some of the ones go to it because they think that everyone wants to be a remote worker. So I'm just seeing all kinds of things out there right it's now. It's interesting because I I work, or one of my best friend's husband works for um, a office furniture, like the premier office furniture company in the country. And he was saying that a lot of companies that, in he works in the West Coast, but a lot of the companies that he works with are reducing their like footprint, right? So they don't want to have all this commercial space because people work well so so well at home. But what they're doing is they're rever re repurposing their space to be more um, just kind of more. It's, it's not offices anymore. It's yeah. just all open space. Like so more like WeWork type space. Yeah, like, like hotel in, space. Like it's like yeah. you can go in. Yeah, you've you got go hot in. desks and you share debt. De there's a lot of yeah. desk sharing. But and they really have reduced the size of what they used to have, like by maybe 30%, you know, so 30, 40%. So they don't have the space that they used to have. Yeah. And they I are mean, saving money. Some of yeah. it's like they may have downsized the workforce to begin with. So they don't need as much space as they had. Or they've figured out how to, you know have less offices and more WeWork space so they can actually have more people in those buildings so they need space. So, And on, in some of those big metropolitan cities, it's it's a cost type thing. So it's like, okay, who can, because we did that at Nordstrom like way before COVID happened. Mm -hmm. And we were an all like face-to-face -face business. That was a customer facing right. business. Those of us that worked in the region, remote was not an option. But in HQ, it was. But we were like, we don't need four buildings downtown. We right. got to get down to three. Like yeah. from an expense standpoint, from like we got all these support roles that like could be flex work. So some would come in the office Monday, Wednesday. Some would come in Tuesday, Thursday. And we created like flex spaces for kind of plug and play. And you were able to get rid of a whole building. We got rid of yep. one whole, and not just a building, a tower. So like we operated three and a half towers in downtown Seattle. So it's yeah. like- it, from a cost effectiveness, it just made sense. And then thank goodness we did that in pre-COVID because we did reduce the workforce. 
So. And you can still have collaborative experiences, even if people are 100% remote. I've seen other software companies grow from a million to 15 million in annual revenue be- with a 100% fully remote workforce, yeah. but they have good yeah. people managers that are doing daily standups. They're requiring people to turn their cameras on so they feel some kind of human connection. Right. They're having team meetings weekly. They're doing good one-on-ones. If you're not doing those things, then you should probably have people close by. Yeah. But um, I do feel like like... Maybe Amazon, some of these companies that are like doing mass, like, okay, we're ripping the Band-Aid off and we were comfortable with a hybrid work or remote workforce. And now you got to come back to an office space. Um, I feel like they don't have a backbone and they're just trying to force people to quit. And they're not willing to just like accept responsibility that they have too many people and they got over I their skis so and they have to, they need to cut costs. I think and they they're know being those people will whipped. not return to yes. the workplace. And they're, they're counting on that. They're yeah. counting so that they're on it. Self- I think we have a few examples locally that that has happened. I think it's, I think it's, there's no managerial courage there. And I think it's wimpy. Yeah, I I mean, I agree. I mean, we have a great client that we've worked with for years and I support now and they're an IT company and they're a smaller company, but they've been remote for years and years and years, way before COVID. Their people couldn't be happier. They have a lovely workplace culture. The executive leadership team are great to work for and people are happy. So that's what it I said. can work. Yeah, it, it can, can be done. All right. Hey, that's a wrap. It was been, it's been we've covered a lot. Um, we had some laughs. Beth, thank you for all your great ideas. <laughs> Lisa gave you some great See resources. See what happens when you get back from vacation? Yeah, like, I like fire. it. She was I'm cranking. I like the vacay mode. Vacay Beth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, Good a little dope. tan, little summer glow. I loved <laughs> Good ideas. Vacation. I know. Look I'm at this. on fire. All right. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Um, go check us out on all the socials, LinkedIn in particular, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Make sure you hit subscribe so you stay up to date. And go back and watch some of those other episodes. We got a ton of great content out there. Um, Thanks a lot. Have a great day.